Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to believe we're i guess technically almost halfway through june we're already into what week two ish of june it is monday june 12th i don't know how we're here but we have landed we are here and we are ready to kick off a new week a week that features mandatory minicamp for the Bengals, which is the final phase of their voluntary workouts before we basically go into the dark zone welcome into another monday edition of the strictly stripes podcast Muhammad Ahmad kicking things off with you alongside Mike Nislik and Andrew Gillis. And we're going to kick things off by reminding you all to tell us why you're a Bengals fan. Go to strictlystripes.com and fill out the Google form telling us when, where, how, and why you became a fan. And if it's easier, you can just email us at stripes at cleveland.com. And I want to say next week, if not the week after, we're going to start sharing the many responses that have been rolling in from our awesome listeners and subscribers. So this is your last chance this week. Make sure you submit it, and we'll keep reminding you to do so throughout the week. So like I mentioned, guys, uh, mandatory minicamp kicks off Tuesday as we're taping this on a Monday. Uh, I know we talked a little bit last week as OTAs wrapped up You know, with our biggest observations, and we kind of looked ahead uh, to this week, obviously uh, – we know what we're looking for. We know what we're going to see. But I think there's obviously some some questions people have and some questions that come to mind uh, when you think about mandatory minicamp. Obviously, I would say this. For me, and I want your all's thoughts on this, the biggest question I have, because we are going to hear from uh, Joe Burrow on Tuesday. I believe we're going to hear from him on Tuesday sometime this week. You know, this is going to be the last time we hear from him before training camp. Do you think he gives a hint at a deal if it gets done during camp, before the season, before camp? Like, you know, is that something you guys are thinking about looking ahead for training camp or for mandatory mini camp this week? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the number one thing, right? You know, that that's the thing that everybody, I mean, I mean, it almost goes without saying at this point that that's the number one storyline on everybody's minds. You know, wh- when is this deal going to get done? Um, you know, when can you expect it to get done? And I think kind of whatever he's going to say while – I don't anticipate it being particularly illuminating unless he's ready to break some news. Um, You know, it kind of feels like one of those things where if Joe says something, you know, if Joe says, Hey guys, you know, we're, we're almost there. Like, I feel like that's going to be the situation or it's going to be the same thing as when we talk to him, whenever it was that we talked to him, I don't remember how many weeks ago that was, you know, it just, we'll get there and that type of stuff. So um yeah, that that's probably the number one thing. And, and I'm curious to see kind of where that heads just 
I, I think it might not even be what people say. You can kind of judge and 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 kind of judge people's tone on on how they say it because it feels like you know this is the week, and if it doesn't happen this week, there's going to be about another month that uh, you know that you're going to have to wait if you want to see this thing get signed. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't think that he would say anything. I mean, he said kind of last time that he's going to keep the talk kind of quiet. I would right. imagine he's going to focus on kind of what's been going on the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I don't anticipate, and I mean, it's a mandatory mini camp. That's the end of it, uh, of their off season voluntary program. And, you know, the only sort of mandatory part they've had, I don't see that sort of any sort of significance to the contract or timing of it, to be honest. Yeah, I think, you know, Andrew, Mike makes a point. I think that obviously, you know, and I don't say this to beat on a dead horse, but I think at this point, if, you know, a deal is not going to get done miraculously at some point this week if the ball just drops, which I don't think will happen, but who knows. But at this point, I would think we don't know an exact date, but the deal would have to get done, I would think, at the start of training camp, right? Maybe late July, early August. Because if we're following history, like you look at Josh Allen, you look at Patrick Mahomes, when they signed their extensions, I think they were all at or about that time range. Like, I think, does that kind of give that away at this point? Uh, Oh, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that I've kind of always made the case for is that, you know, I think signing the deal, I mean, this is not your everyday thing. I mean, this is going to be a deal that, you know, the Bengals sign and, or I guess Joe Burrow signs and, and the Bengals kind of agree to, and, and everybody's happy with it. And this is a major PR movement for, for the team, not just kind of a football move. You know, this isn't, hey, the team re-signed Jermaine Pratt where, you know, every, you know, you get the fans that are happy and it's over in a day. Like this, this can be a very, very, you know, big and, and monumental. And it should be a very, very big and monumental day for the franchise. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think just kind of the simplest thing for me would be, you know, you've got to blow this thing out in terms of, media coverage you know you've got to want everybody there and you know you've got to want there to be joe's family there and you've got you've got to make this a whole big thing and i think the time to do that is training camp i don't think you want to do that and then say yeah look at all this great vibes and the you know the good vibes and the you know the great mood that we're putting everybody in okay see ya like you don't want you don't want to do that you know you want to make sure that um you know everybody's ready everybody's feeling good about it because if you do this and you sign it right before the season, you can kind of parlay that momentum into, you know, everybody having a good feeling about the season where, whereas, you know, if you were to do this now, um, you know, you would have a, you would have a week where everything's great. And then, you know, you get five weeks off and everybody goes away and then we get back and we're like, Oh yeah. Remember when Joe Burrow signed his contract extension? Like I, I think you could kind of make this into a bigger thing if you do it in training camp. So I would personally wait till training camp to do it. So it's it's funny that we're talking about this as journalists because what you just pretty much described, for those who didn't really pick up on that, this is pretty much all, I think, the reverse of what we do, which is PR. So obviously PR is you know, public relations, the gatekeepers. And if you're a gatekeeper, like if we're putting our PR hats on, that absolutely makes the most sense. The fans are going to be there. I think you know Joe Burrow probably wants to enjoy his five weeks as well because after those five weeks – it's, you know, hard foot on the gas pedal until basically the end of the year, which is Super Bowl for Super Bowl or bust for this team at this point. We, we talked about the window for this team. So you want to get your rest in, like literally get your rest in and say, all right, Joe, 
pen to paper, get it done, make the fans happy, let them talk about it for weeks on end and months on end even, and uh, that's that. I also wonder, though, and this is maybe a silly question, but we're talking about questions to ask because this is the last week we'll see the team before training camp. Does T. Higgins get it, get a deal done? Does Logan Wilson get a deal done? And how much of that is contingent on Burrow's deal and vice versa? I mean, we're not going to get an answer on that because Logan Wilson's agent is handling that. And the same goes with T. Higgins' agent, um, who, of course, is the same agent that Jesse Bates had. So maybe that gives you an answer of where things could head with that or not. But that's obviously another thing to look at. And we'll just have to figure that out uh, as time goes on. Really, there's no uh, timetable on that. Time is the only answer at this point. But the other big question I think that uh, succeeds the Joe Burrow concerns is Jonah Williams, of course. I would actually say, I don't know. You could say maybe he's more of the center of attention this week than Joe Burrow. Like we know Burrow is going to get his deal done. I mean, he's going to have his press conference, which will have a lot of ears because he doesn't talk often and he's, he's Joe Burrow. But Jonah Williams is probably just based on the reports that have been out there. He's probably going to show up this week. Uh, obviously, he's been rehabbing that knee. He's been training in California, apparently squatting, what, 500 pounds, which I can't even squat half of that for like a good five reps. So good Lord almighty. Um, I don't know about your PR, Max, but that's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, so clearly, he's, he's getting back into shape. Uh, he's getting back into his full form again. But I just wonder, though, if he does come back, because let's be honest, there's there's always a chance there's a 95% chance he's back, but there's also the 5% chance that maybe he really is pissed and he really, really is not happy with the way things are going uh, at right tackle. But if, and when he shows up, I mean, it's going to be two things to watch. First thing is how much is he going to be practicing? Is he going to be doing full movements? Is he going to be working with other linemen? Is he going to mostly work with Nick Cosgrave? Who's the head athletic trainer of the team or Better yeah, this is the big question. The, the one I want to know if you're thinking about this, Andrew. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk to him if he's there. He can't avoid it uh, unless he literally tries to just duck everyone. But, I mean, is it worth, worth asking him, like, does he still want to be traded? Does he still want to be here? Like, I mean, that might sound like a silly question, but obviously, he requested the trade. Do you think he probably still maybe feels that way, even if he doesn't externalize it? Yeah, the – I mean, the – um the the way that uh, you know I, I want to phrase that question to him, um, you know, if I get the chance, of, you know, assuming someone doesn't beat me to it or something like that, or he doesn't answer that question on his own, is um, you know when when he talks, I'm you know obviously I'm curious about his health, like you said, I'm curious how um, how he feels about all that. I'm curious how he feels about um, you know everything that happened with Orlando Brown. I'm, I'm curious yeah. how, how that <laughs> went down in his eyes. Um, you know, did he know I, I, that, I, you know, I want to get kind of the lowdown on it and, like and what, see happened, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, I, you know, I am curious. I think the way to phrase that is, you know, is the trade request still active? You know, is that something to where, you know, you have, you have laid out and said, you know, okay, I'm here for mandatory minicamp. I've, I've kind of made my peace with it. I'll be here for the season or is is he still hoping to get traded? And and I think that that's kind of the way that I'm looking at this because with Jonah Williams, I mean, you've got you know obviously a, a right tackle that um, or a you know a guy who's moving over to right tackle that you would probably feel pretty good at, uh, pretty good with at that position. But after him, I mean, you had Jackson Carmen. That's going to be the battle. But is Leo Collins healthy? Like, 
if if you move Jonah Williams, which has kind of been my case that you shouldn't all summer, like if you move Jonah to another team for, you know, fourth round pick, fifth round, whatever you're going to get for him at this point, um, that, that kind of leaves you a little bit thin at tackle. And then all of a sudden you are one Jackson Carmen tweaked ankle away from kind of being back to where you were. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, personally, if I were the Bengals, I wouldn't be interested in moving him. And um, I, I'm, I'm just I'm curious about a lot of things with Jonah and, and his health being one of them. And frankly, you know, if you know, if the, you know, asking him if the Bengals came to you today and said, we found a match, we found a team we're going to trade to do the Giants or the Commanders or the, you know, Saints, I don't know, um, you know, would, would you be open to that? <laughs> So you kind of laid out the the second part of that is, you know, were you blindsided? Like, did you know about this? Because I believe it was Kelsey Conway from The Inquirer, our good fellow colleague uh, from the Bengals media who reported this. I think she was the one who reported that he was apparently, according to a source, like blindsided. Like he didn't see it coming. He didn't know that they were looking for another left tackle and that they were looking to move him. Like, and who knows? I mean, obviously... You could argue on the one hand, it's the NFL, anything can happen, nothing is guaranteed. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, did they tell you you were going to be the left tackle next year? Like, did they, and I don't know who they is, whether it's Zach Taylor, the front office, but, you know, were you told one thing and then did you get another message? Like, that's, I think, the even more specific way of looking at it, of like, how blindsided were you? And and he's obviously going to get more questions about that and other things like, you know, his future and you know does he want to be in i mean i would think if he doesn't get traded this is his last year in cincinnati because i think at this point there's going to be a divorce whether it's a trade which probably won't happen but if not a trade he's a free agent and they pretty much move on from him and they have what they have at right tackle with you know lyle collins jackson carmen cody ford and then orlando brown's obviously not going anywhere for the foreseeable future so those are the biggest questions uh especially you know Really not just now, but I think we'll still be talking about these things. Obviously, Joe Burrow's contract, Jonah Williams' health, um, his future even, no matter what we get from either guy this week. Uh, but stay with us. We're going to come back and talk about some more health-related questions uh, on the biggest Bengals players that we haven't mentioned yet and that we really I don't think we've talked about that much up to this point. But stay with us. We're going to have all of that and other questions to ask the Bengals when we return right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. All right, thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Uh, so I believe we've established at this point that uh, the center of attention for this week, at least as the Bengals wrap up mandatory minicamp, is Joe Burrow, show me the money, and Jonah Williams, show me your future, <laughs> uh, if we even know what that looks like, right? But uh, those are the biggest questions, but there's lots of other things that I think are going to be emphasized this week that we're going to be looking at and that fans should be looking at. Uh, since we're talking about health and Jonah Williams' knee, I think another player to watch in terms of health is Chidobi Awuzie. Uh, he has not practiced at all during the Bengals' voluntary workouts since April up to today as we're taping this podcast. You know, So I don't think he's going to practice this week unless maybe we do see him move a little bit. I would imagine he's not going to be at, you know, out in full pads, you know, doing seven on sevens. I would think that's a stretch, but does he do some movement? Like, does he work with the trainers? Like, you know, what, what are we going to see from him? And then I think the other question is, no matter what he looks like now, how ready is he going to be in July, you know, when they return for training camp? And then 
this is more of a question for training camp, but will he be ready for week one? But I guess, you know, for you, Andrew, like looking at Chadovia Wouzier and his health, do you think we might get a window of his health now and what that might mean for him before training camp? Yeah, I mean, that 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 would be what you would want. Um, you know, obviously, we'll talk to Zach this week. And, you know, I mean, Cheeto tore his ACL on Halloween. And, uh, you know, he had the surgery, I think, a few weeks later. So, you know, it, it wouldn't exactly be the shortest, you know, turnaround. But it's not exactly, you know, the amount of – it's not it's not like he tore it against the Steelers last year, you know, in week one. And then you had basically a full year to recover. You know, he he's kind of working against the clock here. So – you know, personally, I, I would be kind of surprised if, you know, we see him out there in full gear, ready to roll, you know, no restrictions on, on day one of training camp. Um, you know, that's obviously going to be big. The the health the health questions are big. You know, what does Cheeto look like? What does Leo Collins look like? What does Jonah look like? You know, those are the ones that I'm looking at um, just in terms of, you know, where they're at on their timeline. Obviously, I think Lael would be the farthest along or the farthest to go in terms of, you know, how long he has to wait to get back onto the field. Um, just frankly, because of the timing of their injuries. I mean, he got injured on Christmas Eve. Um, you know, so, you know, that, that's just a, a really, really short turnaround. So, you know, if Cheeto, if Cheeto can't be healthy for camp, I think, you know, that's going to put the spotlight on Sidney Jones. It's going to put the spotlight on DJ Turner. Um, I, I just think that when you, you know, when we talk to Zach this week and, you know, maybe when we talk to Cheeto or whoever, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have a better idea of where he stands because, you know, as crazy it is to sound or as crazy it is to say, I mean, training camps in five weeks, you know, this is, it, it's not exactly, uh, sneaking up on you. It's, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of right around the corner at this point. Oh, I mean, it, it almost feels like it's here. I mean, obviously it's not here, but you know, which is how I was saying earlier, it's like, dang, we're already in the middle of June. How do we get to this point? Like everything is just flying by. It will be here before you know it without a doubt. And so, you know, the other question to that you could say is if, if he's not ready this week, does that mean more reps for DJ Turner? Uh, you mentioned Sidney Jones. Does that mean more reps for Sidney Jones? That's obviously why they signed him as an insurance option since, you know, Eli Apple's not coming through that front door. So, you know, we saw DJ get a handful of snaps with the starters during the seven on sevens and during the 11 on 11s for that reason. And then another guy we saw getting uh, a lot of first team reps was Jordan Battle, which I would think is obviously because you don't have Von Bell and you don't have Jesse Bates. Uh, Nick Scott, of course, the bigger reason why I think we saw a battle out there is because Nick Scott is still rehabbing that shoulder uh, that he injured at the end of the year with the LA Rams last year that I think he's still waiting to get clearance on from his doctors in California. So he sounds like he should be ready for training camp, but uh, you know, because he's probably not ready yet. And because you're still figuring out that safety room, do you think we might get a better picture? Like, I think this is another question. Are we going to get a better picture of the rotation for the Bengals safeties, or is that maybe something we'll wait to see in training camp? That That's a training camp question. I think, you know, when you, when you talk about this part of the off season in mini camp, I mean, you know, guys can impress, you know, I, I can't wait until we hear the, the cliche line that everybody says going into the year. I'm in the best shape of my life and I'm feeling the best I ever have. And you know, all <laughs> that other stuff, um, you know, that that's kind of crazy. And, and just because it happens every year. Um, but yeah, I mean, y you'll hear that. And I think you can kind of make an impression of, you know, where you start training camp with, with where you, you know, where you should get reps, but you know, there, there are just some positions, you know, like, you know, offensive tackle being one of them, you know, right tackle. I mean, 
you just don't know anything until you put the pads on. You know, you don't, you're not going to know anything until, you know, Trey Hill puts the pads on and, and you know, how does Hakeem Adeniji handle all this? And, you know, you're not going to get those kind of answers and you're not going to get those answers in the secondary about, you know, hey, how can, can Jordan Battle be, be physical enough to, to warrant immediate playing time on defense and not just special teams? And, you know, is can he pick up the defense quick enough? And, you know, there's all these kind of questions that I think, you know, you can start now. You know, you can get a little bit of a of a head start. You know, by being around, by you know being in good shape. But you're not going to learn a ton until training camp. And obviously, it's pretty much an expanded version of last week's OTAs. I, I think they usually kick off the week with a physical, so they're probably not like moving on the field right now. As you know, today is a Monday, uh, but then that's when you get into that Tuesday, and then I don't think more than two days of their mini camps can have two a day workouts. So only two of those days can God, that, that is a lot though. In the summer, two a days, woof. I never played high school football, but that sounds like a lot. Uh, so yeah, this is not your high school off season lifting program. Uh, and if you guys have seen, remember the Titans, Herman Boone is not running anybody through Gettysburg at the crack of dawn. So uh, there is going to be a lot of movement, no contact, obviously uh, player safety is a priority. And that's why Zach Taylor takes the methodical approach he's taken since last year that has worked so far could be a double-edged sword based on how uh the 2023 season opens up but yeah i think that's more of a it's more of a training camp thing but we might have a small sliver of a picture going into training camp this week of course uh we all know as of right now joe mixon's not going anywhere so the running back room is a lot more settled except and, and i know we've mentioned this Who's it going to be at RB2? So not Samaj AP, right? See, I was going to say his name, and I was like, no, he's gone. Travion Williams, Chase Brown. Again, this is also a training camp thing too, but at the same time, it makes you wonder, do you think Chase Brown gets more reps this week? Do we see Travion Williams take the lead? Like, I just wonder if anything we see between those two this week gives us a little bit more of a clearer picture going into training camp. Like, what, what do you think about that, Andrew? Is it the same thing as safety, or do you think there might be something to watch there? Yeah, I mean, at running back, I, you know, I, I don't know how much you can really learn, um, you know, because, again, this is going to be one of those things, like I mentioned, with with kind of the offensive line. I think everything kind of relates back to this. I mean, you know, you, you need to see Chase Brown put on pads and run against a, uh, you know, run against a, a defense with, you know, with that's going to hit you. And, and you kind of got to be ready for that because, you know, you can do all of this stuff on air and, you know, you can learn the playbook and, and be in great shape. But, you know, you also got to do this when, you know, other guys are trying to win jobs and, and you've got to make a split second cut and, and making that transition from college to pro can be really tough. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, you don't, you're not really going to learn a ton. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's not, you know, it's not the same, um, you know, NFL camps that, that, you know, that worry. I mean, even 10, 15 years ago, um, you know, it's just not the same anymore. But um, I, I still think you, you you can't really learn anything until then. But, I mean, judging by what the team has said, like Joe Mixon would have to really, really fall off a cliff in the next couple of weeks, um, you know, for him to, uh, you know, for him to not take the first rep of, of camp and frankly of the season or Chase Brown. I mean, he would have to be, you know, if, if he starts week one, you know, it, again, it'd be the really bad for Joe Mixon or really good for Chase Brown. So, uh, you know, that, you know, you're talking probably, okay, well now the Bengals have a new, a new starter. This is a thing like it would be a big deal. So, 
yeah, I, I just don't think, you know, you, you want to get the rookies involved. You want to get the younger guys involved, but I'm just not sure you're going to learn a ton here. So we've been talking, Andrew and I, uh, and people are probably wondering, where did Mike Nislet go? Uh, he's got business to handle. He had news to handle. He is working on some great stories, which you guys need to keep close eyes on because he's going to drop some great stuff on a cleveland.com slash Bengals soon. But Mike is back. It's step away for a moment in case you guys uh, notice his absence because it's not a podcast without Mike. Uh, but Mike, I know you just jumped in. We were talking about uh, the running back room. One thing I was saying to Andrew, if you missed it, was kind of like the safety position. We're not really going to know much about the rotation for either position until we actually get in the training camp. But do you think what we see in terms of like how many reps Chase Brown gets or how many reps Trayvon Williams gets gives us a little bit of a picture of what the competition can look like at running back in training camp? Or do you think it's just like last week, it's just like OTAs, they're just reps to get reps at this point? Well, I think it'll depend. I mean, if they don't, if they only do like 20 snaps of seven on sevens and don't do any 11 on 11s, then no, it won't matter because there's just yeah. not enough reps to go around. Um, if they do a bunch of 11 on 11 work and, you know, you can kind of see Chase Brown getting a substantial amount of reps over Chris Evans, then that's something. But like, you know, last week or, or what we've seen so far, I mean, has been so limited that I just don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what, if they will be, are those reps at full speed too? If they're just walkthrough reps, then no, because you're just learning the plays. Um, so it'll be all dependent on kind of what type of work there is for those involved. Um, you know, in the open practice we saw last week, for the most part, a lot of the rookies were just kept separate um, with the exception of a few because of, you know, depth issues and injuries of players they were holding out. You know, Jordan Battle got to move over because they just didn't have enough, you know, safety. So, right, uh, yeah, it'll all depend on, like I said, what that body of work looks like at the actual practice. Uh, and I don't know, just because they've done so limited uh, work that we've seen, is there going right. to be a, a big step up or not? Um, it, it remains to be seen. I think. I think that's the bigger question. Like you said, is like, is it going to be a step up from last week? Is it going to be how they did this last year, which was. Like you said, it was last year at this time, I think it was pretty limited. Do you up it up the ante a little bit? I don't know. I think that's going to be the real thing to watch is how much more active are they with 11 on 11s? How many more reps do they give? I think it's going to be one of the biggest observations uh, through the three days that the media will be allowed to be there. Just to wrap up here, uh, since we're talking about running backs, uh, to kind of put a bow on this. So obviously, I think if you look at the NFL world, the talk of the town is Saquon Barkley. Um, he is not going to be at the Giants' mandatory minicamp. He has yet to sign his franchise tender. Uh, Josh Jacobs, the Raiders, same thing. Tagged, yet to sign his tender. Dalvin Cook, he's been cut. I think last Friday he was officially had his papers processed, which makes me wonder... So you have all these running backs who are all pretty good. Saquon Barkley, pretty good. I would think Dalvin Cook is still pretty good. Um, and Josh G Jacobs was a pro bowler not long ago. I just i am trying to understand. Like, well, Let me ask you all this first. Does it make sense that these guys aren't getting paid? Like, is, Does it make sense to actually put the tag on these guys? Is there some conspiracy to like not pay running backs more? Is that just the direction where everything's heading? And on top of all of that, is Joe Mixon just that lucky right now? Because this is very interesting to me. Can you hear him? Well, I, you know, it's, I mean, conspiracies, you know, too strong of a word. Um, you know, I think, you know, you look at the, um, you know, just kind of the running backs that, uh, 
you know, that, that are in the league right now and, and kind of the guys who, who kind of carry most of the weight. I mean, Derrick Henry's obviously the outlier, uh, but that too. Josh Jacobs, great season, 24. Nick Chubb, 27. Saquon Barkley, 25. Najee Harris, 24. Dalvin Cook, 27. Jamal Williams, 27. Miles Sanders, 27. Christian McCaffrey, 26. Zeke Elliott, 27. That's the top 10 in terms of rushing attempts. Um, you know, if you want to add yards, ETN goes into that mix. <laughs> Justin Fields goes into that mix. But like, it, it's it's not a conspiracy. It's just that these guys uh, these guys wear down faster. I think you know, frankly, I think I mean this is a conversation for another day. But you know, this is a I mean it's at a point now with running backs where you know I think there should be kind of conversation about you know having uh, in you know the next collective bargaining agreement or something like that having a different style of contract for running backs, you know, maybe if you're, if you draft a first round running back, it's, you know, a three-year deal with an option for a fourth or, you know, you draft a rookie running back, you get a two-year deal with, you know, you know, going in, like there, there's just something you've got to do to get these guys more contracts. Cause like, you know, you, for every Derrick Henry, which there are not many of Derrick Henry, there's 50 guys who, are, are just you look at them and you're like oh my god you know I can't believe that that you know that guy was so good and then he just like faded off the face of the earth like uh, Todd Gurley is 28 years old and it feels like Todd Gurley played in the NFL nine years ago like it, he just I almost forgot about him yeah his last year in the league was 2020 and he was big time cooked in 2020 he you know obviously he had some major injuries in his career but I mean sheesh like you know, he, he was like an amazing player for the Rams. And, and I just think he's the perfect example for that because you can have offensive player of the year, you know, rookie of the year, first team all pro. You can have that level of player within two to three years just be done. And, you know, I, I, I it's not a conspiracy. It's, I saw the Saquon stuff about, you know, tagging certain guys. And I mean, it's just, it's 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 a cold business, but it's the best business for these franchises not to give running backs term more money. So yeah, you concur, I mean, Mike? Oh yeah, I mean you can't. I mean the problem is is you can't make an exception on a rookie contract that you're a running back, but that's really ultimately when you're going to get paid. You know when you need to get paid the most, essentially, because you, know, you look at Dalvin Cook. He's a four-time Pro Bowler and he's made thirty-two million, and now is when he's been looking for his big contract, and now he's on. The unemployment line so it's really hard um even when you're the best of the best um you know you just that second contract even is now really dicey in terms of like lasting the whole thing like uh, it's just really hard for these guys when they take uh it takes so much punishment and the more carries they get and the more successful they are they're almost doomed uh to sort of fall off a cliff sooner almost just in terms of their production because such a violent and physical game that they can't it's just not sustainable and so teams have to you can't pay you know it's like you know when baseball i think it they've you know they've gotten away from it now but you know miguel cabrera paying him you know for 10 years for what he did the previous 10 and you're stuck with a 200 million dollar contract for a player that's got sub war it's essentially the same concept you just can't do it in the nfl at running back because you'd be giving up 20 million dollars essentially a year yeah, I mean, I, maybe conspiracy was a strong word, like you said, Andrew, but it it just sucks for them, like, because they, they'll still be good, but are they going to be as good as those first three, four years? I mean, history and the way the game has been changing says probably not. So 
sucks for them, but what are you going to do? Hold out and get nothing or just take less than what you feel like you're worth? I mean, you're, it's like you're stuck between a hard place and a rock, but maybe it's only a matter of time. I mean, Joe Mixon's still the starter for now, but who knows? Unless, unless, unless he proves everyone wrong and like somehow does something he hasn't done since his Pro Bowl year. This was probably his last year in Cincinnati, too, I would think, because he's got two years left on the deal. So I was thinking about it in regards to him because it is a Bengals podcast. Still had my mind thinking, though. But we're going to be thinking about a lot of things tomorrow when we hear from Joe Burrow. We hear from uh, biggest names that we're watching in mandatory minicamp this week, and we'll be talking about them for the rest of the week up until Friday. But once again, for myself, Andrew, and Mike, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. We will catch you Tuesday. And don't forget to sign up for our Cincinnati Football Insider Subtext Service. Go to cleveland.com slash Bengals. It's a two-week free trial to start. And sign up for our Cincinnati Football Types Newsletter at cleveland.com slash newsletters. We will see you on Tuesday.